Whether I'm turkey hunting, scouting, or glassing for game, I never go into the woods without my Vortex Optics. With their VIP warranty, I can go with confidence because it'll replace any glass damaged in the woods. I dropped my binoculars out of the deer stand last fall, and Vortex got me fixed up and back in the tree in no time. Vortex makes the highest quality and affordable rangefinders, binoculars, and scopes on the market. Y'all check them out at vortexoptics.com. Most people tell you, even so-called professionals, all of you get them looking, don't call. It's like you get them hooked, don't reel. It don't make no sense. As soon as that deer starts to lose the least amount of interest in my calling, I hit him again. You're listening to the Ozark Podcast, presented by Inland. We sit down with men and women from the Ozarks that have a passion for the outdoors. Our aim is to listen, learn, and pass along their knowledge and experiences to help you become a better outdoorsman. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Kyle V. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back for another episode of the Ozark Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle V, and I am joined by co-host of the show and my good buddy, Kyle Plunkett. How are yes, you? Sir. Doing great. Doing good. Excited for part two. Part two. We've got we've got Brad Harris here with us. We just jumped off of part one with him, and we talked through all kinds of good deer information, how to hunt the Ozarks, why it's different than hunting in different places, and how to use the the terrain, the topography, how to look for sign, um, what makes a trophy buck different than a one-and-a-half-year-old buck. And we went through the whole spectrum. So um, now, right at the end of, of part one, we started getting into calling, and we wanted to, because Brad is the inventor of the buck grunt, we thought, who better than to talk to the guy who invented the buck grunt on on how to call deer and how to use the butt grunt, how to use the butt grunt, and, and how to go throughout the year and when to rattle and all this stuff. And so we want to jump right back into to calling and kind of do a deep dive on on calling with you, Brad. So, uh, so let's just dive in. Where do we start? What what do we people need to know? Just be uh, have confidence. You know, I mean, uh, deer are creatures of habit, and they are uh, an animal, they're a herd animal. I mean, they family groups and they communicate, you know, it's, it's nothing new. Um, it just seems like the more deer we have, I mean, my dad and my grandfather, they never heard deer making noise, but snort, you know, and that was a no, no. And, uh, even though it's misinterpreted, it's still a no, no. And, um, but as the deer populations grew, people start realizing these, these animals do communicate. Right. They do, they do communicate vocally, just like elk or other herd animals do. And uh, so when you're confident that they do it, they respond to it, and it can help you, uh, that's all you need to know, really. Yeah. Uh, not be afraid to try it. You know, so many people are afraid to try it. You know, they think, it, well, the deer are silent, and all I'm going to do is mess it up. Well, no, it's, it's not true. And so... Uh, they will respond to it, and I've been very fortunate to call in a lot of deer. I mean, the call has been a crutch for me. It's helped me cover ground that I can't see or mm-hmm. hear, mm-hmm. and the call will reach out and do that, you yeah. know. Um, I think I explained to you all the first time, it's like casting a fishing lure. You know, you, there's fish in that water, and you're casting it out, you know. You don't know if he's going to bite it or not, but right. you got to make the cast to, to see. And it's the same way with deer hunting. You just got to cast it out and expect. Sooner or later, one's going to bite, yeah. and they will. Yeah. They will. I think that was that's something that growing up and the first times that I, I went hunting, it was all about being as quiet as I can be and, right. and never making a sound and just, just being patient and sitting there and not doing anything, really. Um, that was kind of what you were trying to do was not do a thing. 
And it wasn't until like you started, I, you know, I, I watch YouTube, I see videos of guys calling and, you know, making deer change direction or change their mind or go a different way or come into an area that they weren't headed. And to see and hear deer on camera communicating, um, kind of, kind of mind blown because mm-hmm. you, anytime you see them, you, they're normally quiet, but then the first time you hear them make a grunt or, or do a snort or something like that, that's a form of communication. They're no different than any other animal. Um, and so you kind of happened into that or at a young age. And that was kind of how the butt grunt came to be was you, you heard about that from a buddy, you guys were talking over lunch and you kind of thought about how can I apply that in mine? And, and, um, well, we heard the whole story back on episode 22 yeah. of the podcast yeah. and awesome story. Um, but now kind of over the years you've, you've perfected or you've, you've learned more as you've, as you've hunted more and more. And so you've kind of developed your own system of how to call and when to call and, and throughout the season. Um, let's just, let's kind of dive into like, when do you call in if right now we're sitting here and it's, uh, it's, we're in October now, October, early October. Yep. Um, at what point do you do you start calling? Do you start calling from the first day that you go in hunting, or do you kind of wait for certain points of the year to start playing that game? You know, calling is a whole lot like we talked about on our hunting strategies. Mm-hmm. Early season, I'm very passive because the deer are not up on their feet, not as active, and they're not as vocal, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not expecting as much vocalization. <clears throat> but it doesn't mean it. It doesn't work, but I call about like I hunt. You know, it's if uh, I'm very cautious early season. I don't want to booger anything. I don't want to disturb animals, and yet I know that I can make subtle calls. And I would say once the antlers have hardened and they've made that transition, it's time to call. Okay, um, that's when they start sparring. I mean, we all got pictures of deer sparring in front mm-hmm. of our cameras now. And uh, uh, that guy said, well, I've seen a buck chasing a doe here the other day. Well, yeah, that, they some of them get an early start. They get to feeling their oats, you know. And uh, probably wasn't a four-and-a-half, five-and-a-half-year-old buck, but right. it was a buck chasing a doe. And so that tells you once the – I mean, I just use that time frame. Once the antlers harden, the deer have, have are into another transition, and, and they're getting more aggressive every day. And it peaks during the rut, obviously. But from that point on, once the antlers harden and they start sparring, then I become, I want to be part of that. Okay. And for so, the Ozarks, that's happening early September? Is that about uh, when they're losing yeah. their velvet? Yeah, I mean, you can figure early September. So by the time September 15th rolls around, mm-hmm. I, I, I have uh, calls with me every day I go in the woods. Mm. And even if, if you just only used a, let's say, a grunt call, you only used it, when a deer was not going to present you a shot, that as a last resort, before it got out of sight, even though it's out of range, as a last resort, you said, hey, come back here. Mm-hmm. If you just use the ten, it's going to pay off for you sooner or later. Mm-hmm. Ten of them are going to walk right on by and, not, and just not, or maybe stop and look and then just keep on going, and you're going, this call don't work. Yeah. And number 11 turns and looks up and walks right to you and you zip an arrow through him at 10 yards. Mm-hmm. And then you think, you know, you're, you know, this is amazing. Yeah. It's just, it's just taking advantage of those situations. So I don't let a deer that I want to shoot, whether it be a, a year and a half old buck or a five year, 10 year old, I don't care if it's a 
Buck, I want to shoot. I don't let him leave me without calling to him. You know, so that that's just a given. And mm. and uh, again, many times nothing will happen, and then all of a sudden here that one comes. It's like wow, this is magic. You yeah. Know? So if you just use a ten, you're you're it's worth the money. And you say leave yeah. you, meaning they're not going to present a shot opportunity. Right. They're walking walk by. by yeah. They're quartering away, okay. and they're out of range. And they're not coming back. You you sense the opportunity's gone. Mm-hmm. If you just called then, what have you got to lose? Yeah, I mean, nothing. what do you got to lose? <laughs> Absolutely yeah. nothing. Yeah. It's a, it's a win-win situation. They either just keep on going or they turn around and you make them come look for you. And, and that can happen October 1st as well as it can December 31st. Mm. It happens more often when they're excited yep. and their testosterone levels up and they're looking and they're searching for stuff. Well, it goes up. I mean, your percentages go up, and I call more. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a it's a, a progression throughout the season, but I always got that call with me, and generally they're subtle, subtle sounds. And, you know, people talk about the buck grunt and the buck roar and the buck this and the buck. I'm just telling you it's a grunt. <laughs> it's a deer saying, I'm a deer, come here. Mm-hmm. The volume, the intensity, and the time of year basically add some – connotations to that Mm -hmm. you know if a deer hears a soft grunt october 1st it basically is hey buddy come here Mm -hmm. hey buddy come over come over see me you know that's what it means if he hears that grunt during the rut oh that could mean challenge that could mean there's a buck tending a doe it has different meanings Mm -hmm. because of the the progression of the rut and their intensity now, volume is probably the most critical part of all of it, you mm. know. Um, you got, they got to hear you. You know, they got to hear you. And, you know, most of the time when we first started grunting, it was a little uh, just soft. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't, you you know, yeah. don't get too excited. Don't, don't spook them. Don't, don't spook them. The book says don't call too much and don't call too loud. Yeah. Well, throw the book out the window and hunt, <laughs> and you'll, you'll be better off. Mm-hmm. You know, just as you would, study the terrain to go set a stand you every time i get in a tree i look at the conditions is it windy is it noisy is sound carrying am i hearing the highway not today i'm not hearing it other days it's blowing me out of a tree sounds carrying better this way you take note of all that because Mm. when you get the opportunity to call it a deer you got to Kind of have an idea how you want to call, how much volume, because volume is the most important part. Reach them. They got to hear you. Mm. And it may be dead still, and a deer can hear that grunt 70, 80, 100 yards. So all you need is a little soft sound. But it could be the same situation day two, wind blowing 12 miles an hour, the leaves are rustling, the you know limbs are blowing. Mm-hmm. He ain't going to hear that grunt. Yeah. You better take it up several octaves hmm. and go against what the book says and call loud until they hear you. The other thing is calling the deer you can see versus calling blind. Mm-hmm. In other words, calling, uh, like casting blind, calling blind. You're yeah. not seeing nothing, but you feel like you should make a sound and reach out there. Um, they both are effective. The difference in deer you can see, you know about by watching them, you'll know when they hear you. They'll tell you every stinking time when they hear you. They'll look up and cock their head that way. They heard you. Right. If they're still feeding and you blew the call and and you're the guy, and I've heard it a million times, 
Well, he just didn't like it. He didn't even, he didn't even look my way. <laughs> okay, bud, I'm just telling you, he didn't hear you. Make it louder. He did yeah. not hear you. You've been reading too many articles. That's a problem. So every they time, will. every time, if you if you give it the right volume, they will let you know they heard it. They will let you know when they heard it or paying attention to yeah. it. Okay. Doesn't mean they could be walking by on a mission and the leaves are dry and they <clears throat> don't hear it no matter how loud you get. They yeah. they never break stride. They never they never heard you or didn't want to hear it. Mm-hmm. So if they didn't want to hear it, I'm gonna blow it as loud as I can until I decide, well, he's just He's just not interested. Yeah. You know? But when they like it or they are interested, they're going to give you that stop or that cock of the ear, twitch of the ear your way, throw the head up, even though they may not, they may be like me. They heard it, but couldn't source it. Mm-hmm. So they stopped, throw their head <laughs> yeah. up. And they got their head up. Now they're listening. That's when you want to call again immediately. Yeah, I'm talking to you. I'm a deer. Come here. You get them hooked, keep reeling. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, Pretty simple math. Yeah. Most people tell you, even so-called professionals, oh, if you get them looking, don't call. It's like you get them hooked, let, don't reel. Right. It don't make no sense, you know. There is a point, common sense, that here they come walking to you. Yeah. Hey, okay, I don't need to call. Yeah. They're coming to me. So, yeah, the book's right. But as soon as that deer starts to lose the least amount of interest in my calling, I hit him again. Mm-hmm. No, I'm talking to you. Come here. And a part and, of that is distance, right? Like how close they are versus right, right. Versus if they're right, if you're right on top of them, right on top of them, you're gonna get the shot. Put the call down. Yeah, sure. Know? But if they're still eighty yards out and they've walked a little ways and they stop and they're and they're looking that way and they look, hit them again. Mm-hmm. Say yes, I'm talking to you. Come here. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people get deer coming and then they will they'll stop calling and a deer will walk. So well, I thought I heard it over there, but. Yeah, maybe not. Oh, okay, I'm gonna go see somebody else. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the field, or I'm gonna go to bed, or I'm gonna, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but yeah. I want to keep them keep <laughs> real, and and so it's just common sense reading the situation, reading each deer. So early season, I'm doing more of the softer. Hey, come here, I'm a deer. Whether I see a buck going by and he's not coming to me, I reach out and and if he stops, great. I hit him again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come here. Or if he just keeps walking, then you get a little louder. Get louder and louder. Yeah. I'm, hey, hey, hey. I'm yelling at him. Stop. Yeah. And okay. And I got him stopped. Well, then I, I'll back it up. Once his head, head's up and he's looking and listening, back it down a little bit. Don't blow him out. He's now alert. He's going to pick up on it. Back your volume a little bit, but hit him immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking to you. Come here. Come here. What's this call you got here, real quick? This is a. This looks like something that you created, like a Frankenstein kind of call. This is a. That is a piece of about five different grunt calls. This is a Brad Harris original, right here. It's not the original. Not the original. No, it's not the original. Uh, (laughs) uh, But it's just something I put together because I I like to throw different tones at them. I like the louder, higher end calls most of the time because they carry better. Mm -hmm. So I'm in adverse conditions wind, uh, rain, whatever, whatever, I've got some volume on it. And then on the other side, I've got the lower side that when the conditions are calm or deer are very close, you know, I can switch to that without having to monitor my own air flow to create How how many pieces do you have on that thing? Um, Four or five. So (laughs) you amazing. How many, you have three mouthpieces? I've had three mouthpieces, two different grunt sounds. And and one a wheeze? And then one wheeze sound. What what do each of those sound like, just... 
towards yeah, the mic. Yeah, first one is a, a little higher, a little higher tone. Yeah. Okay. The other one's a little softer. Okay. Uh, a, a little deeper, but a little softer yet. It ain't going to reach. If you if you blow it too hard, it's going to sound like a duck flying yeah, away. Yeah, right. I've run into so that. I can't put the volume on it. It, it isn't my go-to call mm -hmm. unless I've got a buck, and especially a big buck close, mm -hmm. and I'm just... Yeah, I'm talking to you. I yeah. can get that volume down there. The other call is the one I use most because it's my stopper. Mm -hmm. It's it, it, it's kind of the best I can do. I can get loud yeah. or I can... You got a lot of variation in got volume. More variation. Play with that. So it's the call I use most of the time because I'm playing with them. But once I get a deer hooked or they're real tight, I'll switch to the lower side. And older age structure bucks might have a little deeper grunt. May not. I've heard old bucks grunt high pitch, you know. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. I've heard does come in grunting and you think it's a big buck, you know. So <laughs> yeah. um, it, they all grunt. It's, that's, sure. that's, a, that's the neat part about it. It's just primarily a call that says, I'm a deer, come here. The temperament, the mood in the timber, the, the rut changes some of that meaning to those deer. And so I'm starting out slow and easy, but I'll get to that aggressive stuff if I need be. And as the... Season progresses, whether I'm seeing bucks or calling blind. And I, I call every, I'm on, I don't look at my watch, 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I call. Mm -hmm. I'm going to stand. The rut's going on. I'm not seeing anything, but I'm hunting good sign. I know big bucks in the area. I just can't see them. I'm in the Ozarks. You know, I can't see 30 yards. Yeah, you can't Biggest see Biggest buck in the woods might be 100 yards out. You don't know it. Mm -hmm. But so... I'm casting all the time, and I've had great success over the years calling blind, and sometime throughout my set that a day, I would call a buck in. I didn't have any idea it was anywhere near me. I'll blow the call two or three times. I mean, I, I'll cast them out. I mean, I'm sitting in a stand. I'll cast one that way. And so you're going 360 I, I, degrees I throw them out, yeah. two or three grunts around me, yeah. and then I sit still. Where you get caught and where that'll hurt you, and the only time it'll hurt you is you get caught picking your nose or reaching for a sandwich, <laughs> scratching your behind, <laughs> you know, adjusting something. Because yeah. you, you've made a sound, you made a, you made a challenge, or you made an invitation, and expect something to happen. Hmm. So, man, be watching. At least, at least try to stay alert for ten minutes, right? Yeah, and not move and not reach for your sandwich because them deer a lot of times they heard it, pick their head up, they're hundred yards out. Oh, I heard that over there, and they start working their way to you. So five minutes go by and they're still picking, but they're working their way to that sound, and then you start fiddling mm -hmm. because you don't expect it to work, right? And then you blame it on the call because the deer spooked. Yeah. Oh, he came in downwind and spooked. No. You got caught moving. Yeah, you you, were you moving. called him. You made an invitation. Then you didn't expect him to show up, and he shows up. That'll happen. Even to the best of hunters, that's going to happen mm -hmm. to you. So expect it. But yeah. chances are you wouldn't see wouldn't have seen that deer that day anyway. So uh, I've had very good luck calling blind like that. And I figure if I if I call three hundred times out of my stand during the week of the rut when I'm not seeing deer, that's three hundred times I got a chance of calling something. Right. And if they're active and moving, which is when I start getting aggressive like that, then it's, you know, it's, it's nothing but a win-win. Mm -hmm. Sooner or later, something good's going to happen. Some of the best bucks I ever killed came to blind calling.
Really? Now, I was hunting good at sign. I knew big bucks were there. It wasn't like you were just, you know, getting lucky. Yeah. Uh, but you're you're taking advantage of those dead periods and casting out sounds. And, yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing what can happen. It's everything we talked about in the previous episode. Now it's sealing the deal. Right? Sealing like the you're, deal. You're in the right spot. You've you've done your due diligence. Yeah. yeah. But now it's now it's the difference between you seeing that deer that's 100 yards out versus that deer actually coming yeah. to where, yeah. where, he's, where you're at, where, you're, yeah. where he's going to go. And we talked about that in the very first episode we did, you know, months ago. You talked about you, it can be a crutch. It's not that the call is going to make you a good deer hunter. Right. You have to do everything else right. Do a lot be in of the right, right place. Yeah. And then the call just complements basically Absolutely. what you're doing. Hmm. If you just apply the call as a tool in bad situations only, it's going to help. Deer that I bump walking in, I've jumped like everybody else, bump into them. All you see is off they go. Kneel down, stop, get quiet, and call. Really? I don't know how many deer I've called back to me, come walking back looking. Now, if they make you out as Joe Hunter, they see you really good. Yeah. They get your win, forget it. But if you just bumped them and they something bumped them, but they're not sure what, kneel down, give five minutes, give a couple of grunts and watch because they'll come walking back looking and I've killed deer that way, good deer that way. Wow. You Never know, even thought about because that. Because you either. just, well, nobody thinks, even my early days, I just, oh, crap. I busted. Well, it <laughs> wouldn't even be crap. It'd be worse than that. You <laughs> dummy, why, why do you see him? He's right there. And of course, he was always the biggest buck in the world. Oh, you know? yeah. Well, no story's complete. No, no. I jumped him. I bumped him right at my stand. I bumped him. I, I, Take advantage of bumping him because if you will stop, kneel down, that deer, if he doesn't know you're Joe Hunter, he just, something just spooked him, he runs a short distance, gets that distance between that and whatever it is that spooked him, and he stops. And now what he's going to do is get a good view of who, what spooked him. Yeah. And it's generally me. Yeah. Because then it's like, dang it, I kick and stop me, and here I go walking again, and he's standing over <laughs> watching. Oh. That's old Brad. I knew it was him, and <laughs> off he goes. But if you kneel down and right there and not make another step, that deer stops, stands back, looking back, wondering what, what was that, and he hears that, you know. Now you're screwing with his brain. Yeah, he's like, wait mm -hmm. a second. Yeah, you're screwing with his brain. I've had him walk back to me many times, but wow. people won't take that time. Yeah. They won't believe that it'll work. They... And trust me, if he knows you're a human and you're a hunter, it ain't going to work. Yeah. But if he don't, it can work. I've had mm. it work many times, and you'll get the shot, you know. Uh, that's something it's about, amazing. The, about the Ozarks maybe that's a bit of an advantage of not being able to see Absolutely. so far. You actually Absolutely. use that that undergrowth and that thick cover and that densely popular, you know, that dense timber to your advantage. Absolutely. They don't always know what what made that noise or walking up on them. Mm -hmm. yeah. They sense it might be bad, and they put distance between it, but they're not sure. Mm -hmm. And then when you confuse them with a couple of grunts coming back, oh, well, crap. Hmm. You know, here I, I, I walk back, and, some, and most of the time, they just walk casually back looking really you know, close. You'll see them coming, and, and good things can happen. You know? so, so if you just use it in bad situations... Sooner or later, it's going to pay off for you. Yeah. So you can buy a grunt call for, well, I used to say for $7.95, but it's probably more like $20.95 yeah, now for now. a cheapie. Yeah. But, uh, but 
you know, that beats pouring out $20 worth of scent on the ground every time you go. I would agree. That thing's in your hand all the time. And, and if you use it just in bad situations, it help. But I use it to create stuff. I mean, I have so much confidence in deer calling that I'm calling all the time. And you call every hunt of the year? Every hunt I've got to call with me. I'm not going to say I call every hunt of the year, but I'm going to say 80% of my okay. trips to the woods, that call comes out. Yeah. Or the antlers come out or the brattle box or something. I'm always trying to make something happen. And I think about it, you know, it's like I'm in I'm in deer. They're not moving real good, but that, that doesn't mean there's not one bedded up close to me. Before I get out of a tree at 11 o'clock, I'm bored. I'm going to the house. <laughs> before I climb down, I'll call. Ten minutes before I climb down, I'll call. You're getting ready to leave anyway. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's... In the Ozarks, you don't know what's 70 yards from you, much less 200 yards from you. Why not make a couple of calls and give it 10 more minutes just because? Michael Waddell was filming me one time in, in Mississippi. We had to catch a plane. We had to be out of the tree at 1030. Uh, on, I mean, literally on the road. And, I mean, I'm looking at my watch, 1015. I said, turn the camera on. Blast. I rattled. I grunted two or three times, hit the rattling horns. Before I could hang the horns up, that buck was running at me hard as he could run. No way. Yeah. So the last few minutes of the hunt, that buck had come in, bedded down. We had no idea he was there. But because I wanted to make a last-ditch effort, I make her, and, and I said, it can happen. You know, we don't know what's here. Rattle, rattle, grunt. Here he comes, run to shoot him. You know, it's like never get down without making mm. an invitation. Yeah. Because once you get down, you're going to make some noise. Anything close, you're likely to booger anyway. Why not give them that chance to come to the call? Mm, you know, yeah. And that's year-round. That don't matter when you're hunting them. And uh, I do the same thing with rattling. Early season, I I use – number one, I like big antlers to rattle because I'm rattling big deer. Yeah. I believe they the sound of your antlers during the peak times of the rut when things are aggressive, real heavy set of horns produce sounds of – Heavy bucks, and yeah. that's what I want to produce. But anyway, in general, early season, once the antlers harden, anytime you're tickling antlers, all it is is two bucks having an arm wrestling match. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. all they're doing. They're not mad at each other. They don't hate each other. They're running in bachelor groups. They're feeding. One turns, looks at the other one. Oh, cocks his head, and they they lock up. Yeah, it's like buddies just it's wrestling. Buddies. Yeah, and that little tickling sound. For bucks that aren't in that group that are out there 100 yards, they hear it. They know exactly what it is. Oh, there's two bucks over. I'll go over and see who they are. I'll go over and join them. I'll yeah. go over and watch. Mm-hmm. I'm curious. Curiosity killed the cat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious. I'm a curious buck. I want to go see what they're doing. It's perfectly natural early season. So if I'm in a tree early season, I'm not beating these horns together, but I am, especially on mornings, it's calm. It's like two bucks are just... Tickling the ends of their antlers together, just testing each other out. Yeah, you're just barely moving your wrist it. right there. Very, very subtle, just enough to carry. You Again, read the conditions, mm-hmm. how far you think this is carrying in the spot you're hunting that day, and try to reach out what you think you need to do that. And it's amazing how many deer, they don't come running in generally then, they come walking in expecting to see mm-hmm. two bucks standing there diddling around. Mm-hmm. It's perfectly natural and it can produce deer. I even had I even had work on mule deer out west. Oh yeah. And you never hear people rattling mule deer. 
But it's like, they're deer. I'm out here. I'm yeah. in a stand. <laughs> I might as well make some sounds. I've had mule deer come walking right to it. They're curious and a little more curious than a whitetail. Mm. And, but nobody talks about it. You know, nobody writes about it. Nobody, people are afraid. It don't work on mule deer. No, it does. Mm -hmm. It really does. Mm. And uh, it works on our whitetail. So, so that, and that the same progression as the season gets going, and I'm starting to see more activity, uh, more, a bigger and more aggressive rub, bigger and more aggressive scrapes, running sign, uh, on and on. All, I start picking that sound up now instead of tickling now I'm, now we got two bucks that are a little bit serious about it yeah okay and so i'm picking that up I, i'm i'm moving as we go forward i'm i'm adding and trying to be more natural so that's um, your that's your halloween that's yeah halloween that's your halloween crash. stuff yeah yep okay. yep yeah, yeah. when you know things are yep. kicking in time to get a little more aggressive and then when they get to running and i start seeing mature bucks on their feet then it's Katie bar the door. I mean, I beat mm. my knuckles together. Because yeah. I'm now wanting that biggest buck out there to realize that there's two deer with some size in my area and they're fighting over Yeah. And then you can expect not only big bucks, but you can expect even younger bucks running to the crash mm -hmm. because they're just pumped up. They're yeah. amped up. Now, it's not rocket science. It's not hard. I mean, everybody talks about their techniques and i've seen guys flop around on the ground and kick leaves and <laughs> it, guys it's not that difficult it really isn't and and you're just using their own sounds against them is all you're doing so you just use common sense what would it sound like what should it be sounding like what am i seeing on videos this time of year and that's what you're emulating you know and mm. imitating and and, and it's it's just real simple and real common sense and that's when i start doing that more aggressive more aggressive, tone. More, more aggressive tone i'm worked up to a frenzy it's like getting yourself worked up for a football game yeah you know a couple days prior to it you're getting pumped but i mean an hour before the game you're you're really you're ready it's time yeah and and that's what you're saying. The hmm. game's about, the game's starting, get in the game. And so as that is progressing, my sounds are progressing. My aggression is progressing because I'm after that aggressive deer and I want him to feel challenged, you know. Um, have I scared a few deer doing that? Probably. Mm -hmm. I can't recall. Um, I, I really can't recall where I've made a sound that loud and said, oh, I, oh, I, I spooked that deer. That was, I really can't. Hmm. Have I? Probably. Yeah, I don't maybe. know that. But the deer I see and the deer that come running, I see spikes and forkies and six come to aggressive laddling, aggressive grunting because that's what's happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's, they're coming and they'll run and they'll, boy, they're all excited and looking, you know, and, and they'll usually stop short. Now, sometimes I haven't run right in the tree, but they usually stop short and really look hard because they, they want to play, but they really don't want to get in the game all the way because <laughs> yeah. they, they don't that want those big, big horns after That's them. right. Yeah. But I've had big deer literally come running so hard that you have to yell at them to stop them because they're thinking, you know, they they don't they think it's farther past and they'll come running by you. Wow. I've had to yell and stop them to get it, to get the shot. Oh my gosh! Because they come so hard, so it, it's exciting and you're reaching out and pulling deer that you probably aren't going to see. You yeah. Know? And if you've done your homework and you're hunting big buck 
country and he's still there and you haven't boogered him, then this stuff is just mm. conceal the deal for you. Conceal the deal. You and hear a lot of guys doing a, a long growl grunt and a bunch of stuff with their oh, hands yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Are those tactics that work or are you looking for a grunt? I'm That's looking for a I grunt. Do. I have experimented with every kind of sound I that there is. I hear... I hear people with their voices on TV showing this is how I, and they'll do sounds that I guess I haven't hunted enough because I've never heard a deer sound like that. Never. Yeah, and you've hunted more than most people. Well, I, I, I think I haven't. I, I'm pretty sure I've called more than most people. Yeah. And, and experimented more than most people. And it might work for them and great, but I just don't hear deer doing that. I see that that progression from it's all about the mood. They call and they fight about the mood mm -hmm. and as that mood changes it gets louder deeper i don't see it elongated and making now when they're running you'll hear different you know the uh, like a tending grunter you know if they're chasing a doe <coughs> every time their feet hit the ground yeah you know okay but it's still that same grunt yeah mm -hmm. you know it's the same one as i'm doing <coughs> single or it's the same grunt. It's just louder. Yeah, you know, just emphasized. It just emphasized different. Mm -hmm. So, mm. uh, I don't. I don't have a. I don't have any of these magical little tunes that a lot of guys are saying they have. One thing you can watch, and like I said, go back to uh, video on so many deer over the years that ninety nine percent of the time you can watch a deer on video or live and know. For sure that it's coming to your call, responding to your call. I see so many guys calling and deer come walking in feeding and get shot and they tell you how they grunted at deer. And no, they didn't. Absolutely did not. They're trying to sell you a grunt call. Hmm. That grunt call probably worked, but it did not work on that deer. That deer came in to eat the corn pile <laughs> and they want to sell you a grunt call. Gotcha. Watch the deer. They'll tell you when they're responding. Yeah, they're looking. They're looking for who made they're, the noise. They're looking for that noise. That makes sense. You know, and it's easy to tell. And so I, I watch these videos. That deer's not coming to the call. Mm. Don't, don't, don't. Well, and they probably edited that. it. Yeah, they, they call do. a while ago. The yeah. deer comes in. They call a while ago, and <laughs> yeah. they, then they throw it in. And I understand that it's marketing hey, it's and all okay. that. Yeah. But I'm just telling you, as the general public hunters, pay attention to your deer. They'll tell you if they're hearing you, and they'll tell you if they're coming to you, mm -hmm. coming to that sound. Yeah. Uh, if they're just walking by and you happen to have grunted a few minutes ago, I ain't saying that didn't turn them and make them come your way. Might have. You don't know. But chances are now he's just feeding through, and you get the shot, and everybody's happy, and you're glad you blew the call and all that. But the neat part is you know when they're responding to your call, and you got them hooked. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that is the real deal that yeah. is so much fun it's not and without the calls i wouldn't have half these deer on the wall wow. I have today without them wow yeah that's quite the claim that's awesome do you i want to get like tactical real quick on on so so it let's say you put out a call you're casting maybe you're blind casting you see a deer come in and the first time you see him or you see a you know him off in the distance he's at 80 yards or something like that where is that where is that line where you stop calling and you 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 say to yourself, "I've got him hooked enough to where he's coming in, and I'm I'm actually going to put my calls away and get my hands on the bow," versus you know continue to try to keep the pressure on him, keep you know reel him in like you were kind of talking yeah. about. How, how do you feel out that line? My line is keep the pressure on. 
So I'm always leaning towards more calls. Okay. You know, I'm just, I'm not, I don't want that deer to lose interest. Big part of that is just your own personal instinct. How you feel that that deer is really locked in on me or he's looking past me. Uh, you just got to try to read that and, and make your best guess. I lean towards being aggressive, so I'm not going to put the call up until I know I'm about to get the shot. Okay. Because I don't want him. I've had so many people say, yeah, I called, and, and he ended up coming downwind and winded me. And I rattled, and, 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 he, and he came in, he came in and he circled downwind and went. Why did he circle downwind? Generally because you quit calling. Hmm. You get him hooked, you get him coming, they're looking for action. They expect you've you've already painted a picture in their mind that there's a buck over here tending a doe, or there's two bucks fighting, and then all of a sudden it gets dead silent, mm -hmm. and he don't see nothing. Mm -hmm. There's where that instinct kicks in. Those deer that aren't as curious, and generally it's the older age structure deer. Hmm, something's not right. It got quiet. They should be right there. I don't see nothing. What's their natural instinct? Circle downwind. Mm -hmm. And so we as hunters go, oh, I'm going to quit calling. They're getting close. And then they get downwind, and they think, I'm not going to call them more. All they do is circle you. Sometimes it's your own fault yeah. that they got downwind. You let them mm -hmm. dictate the situation. I try not to let them dictate. I try to, I try to be the guy writing the script saying, no, keep coming. No, keep coming. If they turn their head, if they – Lose the least amount of interest, I hit him again. Mm -hmm. You ever hunt right. with decoys? I have hunted with decoys. Like, the, you know, the buck's coming in, you're making yeah. noise. He's yeah. starting to lose interest, but then he sees a decoy yeah. buck or an yeah. aggressive-looking buck or even a doe, I don't, whatever yeah. you use, and they're like, okay, right. I'm going towards that. That, and again, I've had good luck with that. I've had bucks come to it, but I scare a lot of deer with decoys. Okay. Um, good to know. It. People say they don't scare any deer with decoys. They're not telling you the truth because decoys – Kind of like when deer get silent and they buck gets worried. When a decoy don't move, it's frozen and locked in. It just some deer just can't take it. It's just not natural to them. They be, sense the danger. Yeah, they sense the danger. So, and I've had does come into buck decoys and stand off thirty yards and blow and blow and stomp and blow and like golly, yeah. you know, I hate that when yeah. that happens. Yeah. Not that it, not that it, it's not the end of the, uh, the world. Uh -huh. I mean, the deer don't leave the country, but it puts deer on alert. It yeah. puts them on edge. And they're still there, but now they're on edge. And I don't like deer that are on edge, you right. know? And, and so uh, I've had, as, with the decoys, I've had as much failure or more than I've had success. Okay. So it isn't worth me taking them every trip. Yeah. Wide open country. Uh, Big plus. Big yeah. open food plots, big plus. Mm -hmm. uh, to see that, especially if they come out in it to the calls and they see it like you said, it gives them that confidence to come on. If they come strong, chances are they're gonna you're going to be a hero with a decoy. Yeah. But timber, uh, Ozarks, a decoy where a deer has to be 25 yards to see it, when they break into it and it ain't moving and it's frozen and I, I've had bad luck with it. Mm -hmm. So I don't do it. What about uh, what about doe bleats? You talked a lot about grunts and and we we did the rattle here a little bit ago. But do you ever use a doe bleat? I do. Uh, early season, I've had great success with doe bleats, which are simple, like the little bleat of a, a, a fawn or a, a, almost a, like a little lamb. Uh, 
Bleeding, uh, I've had good luck with early season, mostly with does and young bucks. Okay. Um, they respond to it. If you get aggressive on a doe bleat, uh, almost blown like a predator call, mm-hmm. you kill doe after doe after doe after doe. Their maternal instincts kick hmm. in, they'll run over you. Yeah. And uh, I've had young bucks run into it aggressively. But just to cast out a doe bleat is the same thing as a grunt. It's just sent an invitation. I'm a deer, come here. Yeah. Now, you don't have the rut, the general rut connotations to it. Doesn't have an aggressive or dominance connotation to it like grunt does. Mm-hmm. So there's a reason the grunt's more effective in, in that regard. But it's just the deer sound, and you're saying, I'm a deer, come here. Yeah. The combination of a bleat and a grunt work well. Mm-hmm. I know people call a lot of deer, and I've called deer with a little can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Call. I just don't get... Most of the time, don't get big deer responding to it. That's Just interesting. Deer. You said early season because I would think you'd want to wait for the rut when a buck's looking for a doe, and he's looking he's looking for a doe. He wants to hear a doe, and if you're doing doe bleat, I would think okay, well maybe I'm going to get some more bucks to come in. Well, you would. I mean, that's that's certainly a, a good way to look at it. And yeah. Like I said, if the deer are on their feet and more active, the call's going to work as far as numbers go. I have just not called in the quality bucks with a bleak call that gotcha. I have ever done with a grunt. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that is if you think about it, as turkey hunters, you guys know this, you put a hen decoy out and a jake decoy out, where's the gobbler go? He the goes jake, to the jake, jake 99.9% mm-hmm. of the time. Yeah. Okay? It's the same way in the deer world, same way in the elk world. They'll come to cow calls. But I've killed my biggest bulls coming to bugles. Mm. I mean, coming hard to bugles because they're challenged. You mm-hmm. know? Uh, I've uh, killed my best bucks grunting because they feel, not only has that got a little rut connotation to it, but it's also challenging me. You right. know, it's another, considered to be another male or another dominant animal or whatever, whatever. Not sure why, but it's the same concept why does why is a gobbler coming in the spring goblin looking to breed a hen why does he go to the jake because he's going to kick the jake's butt and get him out of his territory Mm -hmm. and that's what these bucks are doing you know they're thinking i gotta i gotta move him out he's invading my space or a little buck's coming going well he's got a doe over there so he's coming to to that to that sound so there's a there's a lot of reasons to kick around but and i don't you know i'm not opposed to throwing doe bleeds out i do once in a while i used to bleed a lot just try to prove certain things i just couldn't get the success rates that i wanted right to keep it as an everyday mm-hmm. in my repertoire of calls well yeah. it makes sense when you just think animal kingdom like species continue on when the dominant males are the ones that are kind of controlling the breeding of the mm-hmm. population and so I haven't thought about the doe bleed all that much. I don't carry one because I'm so bad at the can that when I flip the can up, it's kind of like, yeah, it's caught, sticky can. But it's, yeah, it makes sense if, you know, the rut's on or the elk bugle or whatever else to 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 play like you're the dominant yeah. animal in the woods well, and you get the other big right. bucks coming in saying, yeah. I, I want to push you out of here. I don't like you anymore. Yeah, yeah. you're on my turf. And I, I haven't thought about that before because I, I would think bleat, maybe I've thought about it a little bit, but I think bleat as like, an enticing, come yeah, to me, that kind yeah. of thing. I'm a hot doe. Totally, which which might actually work less than like, I'm the big aggressive buck and I don't like that you're here. Right. And then that other big yeah. aggressive buck is like, well, I don't like that you're here. That's yeah. right. That's, that's, right. that's how you're hunting them. So like I said, it goes back to that decoy scenario. They come, that's why big bucks, I use big uh, 
buck decoys, the guys that are successful with it, they use generally pretty good sized bucks of big racks. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not using OSU, use the little, the little spike, you know, or in the doe. That's not a challenge to those big deer. When right. they see that equal size, dimension, and age, it's like, whoa, he's a threat and I'm not tolerating it. Mm-hmm. So the rut is working on what basically drives the. Uh, it's the breeding and it's the dominance mm. that so you're working on both aspects when you're using a, a grunt or when you're using the, the male decoys or whatever right you're, you're attacking both of those uh natural aspects that they're using it's what drives the rut mm-hmm. um, but it's fun to experiment because you know i'm hoping somebody comes up with something new i haven't heard of anything new in a long time many years i just keep waiting for somebody to come up hey, i heard this deer do this sound and my gosh you know it's it's working and here's why it's like Mm -hmm. i keep waiting for that because i i'm i'm looking for it myself yeah i haven't haven't found it yeah i feel like the snort wheeze is maybe the closest thing to that that's probably decently recent you're right decently recent uh that is probably the the next in, in my opinion next to the grunt it uh well i'd have to probably even put rattling ahead of it so grunting and rattling are so successful. And then snort wheeze probably comes in. And it's a more of a situational call, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, it's the it's to top it off when you got a good buck that, okay, I came to the grunt, but I'm standing my ground. I'm not, you know, you're not a threat to me. And then when you throw the snort wheeze at him, it's, you know, it's the last straw. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm challenging you. I'm slapping you in the face. In front of all the girls, come fight me. Either fight me or leave, <laughs> yeah. and that's kind of what it is. And it, and in those situations, it's it's it can be fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I keep that snort wheeze handy. If they don't give me that, especially if it's a big deer and he doesn't commit completely to the grunt, I certainly challenge him before he leaves with that snort wheeze. What's that? What's that sound? And like? I've had that. It's uh, just a hollow tube. Is all it is. is Couple of short bursts, and then long, long wheeze behind it, and blow it right at him, and mean it with aggression, because mm-hmm. it is you're, it, it, you. You thrown down on him. It's it's mm-hmm. the last straw. Yeah, I've talked mm-hmm. to you nice. I've tried to coach you in. <laughs> I challenge you with a grunt. Now I'm slapping you in the face. I'm and, now. and boy, when it works, it's awesome. Boy, they'll bristle up and snort wheeze back and come walking to you stiff legged like, all right, you called it out. It's time to fight. You yeah. know. I can't wait so to get cool. in the woods. So oh, cool. I'm getting excited <laughs> so just thinking cool. about it. So those are those are certainly the top three, in my opinion, of, uh, of buck big buck calls that produce consistently. Those mm. those are the three that I would choose for sure. What about you mentioned like a tending grunt? You kind of you kind of talked through some different grunts. What are what would you call the different styles of grunt? And what are some of the different noises you've heard? deer make or bucks make in the woods or maybe some of like the most kind of interesting encounters you've had with deer making calls or any stories like that oh gosh there's so many times i've had deer interact but um it's interesting that again the grunt sounds are kind of offshoots of one another it all starts with a basic yeah single note but then you'll you know and i guess it's like you know Every buck's vocabulary might be just slightly different, or maybe their meaning is like I've never been able to put a pencil on it that this particular sound means exactly this. I just 
The only sound that I think comes near to that is the sound that I that I call an aggressive grunt. Mm-hmm. And that, for me, the only time I've ever heard it was by a mature buck. Okay. And so I throw this out there like I would the snort wheeze a lot of times. And it's a single, it's the same grunt, it's just got a loud ending to it. When I've heard big bucks do this, and I think it's when they're in total frustration that they're between does or they're wore out and they're mad and they're not getting what they want or what. But I've heard it a few times. I've seen deer do it a few times. I've called deer in and the deer that I've seen do it, heard do it and responded to it have all been mature bucks. Yeah. So I've never seen a, a younger age deer, but it sounds something like this. Usually hear it in series two, three, four notes, hmm. and then that's it. Yeah. You don't you don't hear them carry that on all the way up through the woods. It just seems like they just get mad or they get that moment of frustration. And so when I get a buck that, that I know is mature, I've, I've, I'll throw that at him. If he won't come to a standard contact grunt and saying, come to me, come here, yeah. then I, throw, I keep throwing. It's like banging the horns together harder. Yeah. You know, it's like. Okay, you know, it's getting serious. So that that is more of a loud, frustrating grunt that, again, uh, you might want to try if you're hunting big deer and they're not going to respond to your basic sounds. Mm-hmm. Just something else to throw at them. Don't let them get away. But everything else is pretty much an offshoot of that single note. Yeah. And sometimes they'll carry it with a little... <laughs> as they're walking or whatever. Uh, you'll hear them do that more of a growl that can be loud that can be soft yeah but it's all an offshoot of that single note where they carry it through or whatever yeah uh uh, whenever you hear a deer uh whenever you hear about making calls like that and and i'm sure your your answer might be it depends or the situation or whatever it is but whenever you hear a deer making that noise how do you respond as the hunter because it's one thing to, to call a deer in and you're the one doing all the calling but it, let's say you hear a deer do it first. Imitate him. You do the same thing right Imitate back him. at him? I mean, he's telling you how to call him. Mm. Hmm. So, you know, if I'm hearing a certain sound, then I'll th- try to imitate that sound, knowing that all I really need to do is breathe and make him hear it. Yeah. So, but if he gives me something, I'll imitate it or try to. You know, I don't know that it makes that much difference, you know, in his mind that what's going on over there. I still think it's, I'm a deer, come here, something, yeah. something's going on. <laughs> I think volume is more important than anything else. Okay. Soft grunts, when they're in that mood, uh, laid back, younger deer, skittish deer, and then louder grunts, more aggressive grunts when you're hunting a, a more aggressive deer, deer that are on their feet, deer that are moving, are big bucks. You know, the louder sometimes the better. Mm-hmm. So uh, so you're calling to that mood. So uh, try not to put read much more into it than that, you know. I really, really am big on volume and them hearing you they got to hear you yeah most people do not they don't call near enough to a particular deer because they're afraid because they read the articles that you know don't spook them don't call too much they lose the deer before they ever Mm -hmm. get a chance and that to me that doesn't even enter my mind Mm -hmm. yeah it always enters my mind volume but conditions tell me what and the deer tells me what volume I need to be. Mm-hmm. I feel like so much of the last episode and now this one, I've, I've 
just been picking up on is how much of good buck hunting is just good old fashioned common sense. Common sense. <laughs> like it really read is. the right sign, be in the right spots, hunt the right time of year. Yeah. Don't go in with crazy tactics on October first, anything right. like that. Uh, find the fresh sign, get set up, and then imitate what the deer are Use doing. And I was kind of chuckling to myself when you said just imitate him. Because it's, it's never been put that simply in my head, but I was thinking if I'm in the tree stand and a you know a big buck walks by and it's a little like burp burp burp, how dumb it would be for me to think of like thirty yards away. What in the world? Well, <laughs> it, I'm not saying like, that wouldn't be the, and the it ticket. Might, it might, but, but just good old fashioned Walt, common sense. If he's yeah. telling you, he's giving you an example. Yeah, Jesus, this is what I'm know, doing. Do the same that, and if yeah, yeah, if he doesn't yeah. turn, a little bit louder, whatever else, but. I, don't know, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, the other thing, funny. you know, I I'll, I, I kind of try to compare to to elk and turkey and everything else that I call waterfowl. Um, you know, turkeys are out there, and you hear a hen yelping. Well, you can imitate her. She's teaching you how to call mm-hmm. and, and practice the rhythm. But if she's out there competing with that gobbler, then I'm I'm probably going to take it up a notch or two. Mm-hmm. I I want to be hotter than her. I want to be more aggressive than her. I want to make him think I am, so he comes to me instead of her. I just to me it's common sense, you know. You got competition now. I've got to be a little better, maybe a little louder, a few more yelps, a little more aggressive, you know, a little more demanding mm-hmm. than what she is. Doesn't mean you're not you're going to win, but you're 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 competing, and that's what you want to do. So I look at deer and elk the same way. Sometimes I got to pick it up a notch because I'm competing, you know, or I'm needing to build that aggression to to challenge more, you know. Mm-hmm. So. I was elk hunting last week, and, you know, I started out, I'd give a locator bugle, nothing. I'd cow call, different direction, nothing. I would do a short squeal and chuckle, and every stinking time, four days in a row, every setup, they cut the chuckle. Hmm. Every time. I Every place I stopped, every place I called, Fresh. Now, once I start working a bull, different story, but locating, I would get my locator bugle, listen, listen, nothing. Cow call, cow call, cow call, cow, nothing. Bugle and chuckle. <laughs> They'd scream, cut it wow. off. Hmm. Four days in a row, 14 bulls to the call. Why? I could go out there today and do the same scenario, and maybe they would cut the locator bugle first. I've had that happen. Maybe they really keyed in on the cow. Hmm. Had that happen? You just got to be. You just got to experiment. Mm-hmm. You got to give them what they want to hear. Yeah. And I'm not afraid to to make the noise. I love calling. That's that's my game. That's what I do, and that's what I love. Mm-hmm. I love fooling them and make them come hunt me. And plus, I need them close because I'm a bad shot. You know? <laughs> I want them in close. So. What about what do you think about the calling? Like, what about that? Do you think you know? gets you going so much it's just that interaction yeah that you're you're communicating with that animal and you're making him hunt you and that's awesome that's so you know? cool um it, you know it's it's not like you got a bait pile there or a food plot that's helping attract you're doing this and you're making him commit and do something that he wasn't really planning on doing mm-hmm. whether it's a buck or whether it's Wild go- turkey gobbler or those big elk, that, that elk I killed came a thousand yards to the call, just screaming. Wow. You, you know, I would have shot that bull over a water hole, standing there drinking, not making a sound, and I'd have shot him, been happy. 
There's no comparison to waterhole bulls versus one that comes wanting to kick your butt for a thousand yards. Mm -hmm. yeah. By the time he got a, to me, <laughs> my heart's up in my throat. I'm shaking, and I've been doing it for over. Well, I think I said, I can't remember now. Forty something years now. I've been hunting out. I act like I, I told him, the guys with me. I said I, I was jello. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was jello. I just <laughs> unbelievable. But that's what it does to me, mm -hmm. and I think it would do it to most guys. Oh yeah. Whether it's deer or turkey, when they come looking for you, and you made the right sound and tricked them, there's a, such a, a joy in that, and then see them up close and personal. They just then scream in your face or have a buck rip a tree out in front of you so po'd at you because you grunted him in, and I mean, my gosh, you can't, you can't, you can't put a price tag on that. Stuff. No, I mean it's like. That's the fun. Yeah. That's the fun. Mm -hmm. It's the fun. The excitement levels. Uh, and that's why I do it. My grandpa taught me to call squirrels when I was 10 years old, and it just done something to me. Yeah. Making animals do things they wouldn't do, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That, that's just pretty cool stuff. And the best part is, I don't care what anybody says, you don't have to be good at it. You have to be smart at it. Mm. Your call can sound like crap. I mean, some of the best turkey hunters I know would never win a contest. They would be laughed off the stage, but I'll put them against anybody in the world at killing turkeys, calling and killing turkeys, because they know when to when to call and how to call. Call ain't pretty. They're not going to win. Yeah. Same way with elk hunters. I mean, I see guys that are making bugle like, oh, my God. But I've seen elk hunters, their bugles are... Just, but they know when to call. They know how to call. They know what sound to make at what time. Yeah, they're not going to win a contest. They're not going to impress a judge. They're not going to do a video or be on TV. But by God, they can kill stuff. They get also, it done. They get it done. That's those. We were back to that part one talking about instinct. There's just some people have it. Some people just know how to take it to that next step and yeah. use use that little bit of extra instinct that they have to put it on the money and get that that animal to come in. And some people are unafraid. And I think, seriously, even I know many savvy deer hunters that are still not using their calls properly. They're, they're afraid. Mm -hmm. And I, that's okay. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to tell you there, there are some other things you can do that you're not doing that will help you kill an extra buck here or an extra buck there or maybe the biggest buck of your life. You just never know. Yeah. In a 30-year in a hunting, you know, if you're a 30-year hunter and you're – you're a little more aggressive with your calls than the average guy. It's gonna pay off mm -hmm. for you. Yeah, yeah. And then you can become an idiot and and call every nonstop every breath. And we have those guys. <laughs> yeah, and too much. It's it's pretty easy to tell when you you know you're not using common sense when you know you're not call, calling to the conditions to the norm. You know you're not thinking. You're you're banging your antlers together October 1st, and mm -hmm. the bucks have just shed their velvet, and they're not mad at each other. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not having slugfests. So, yeah. you know, so some of that is just, it's common sense, like you said. Mm -hmm. It really is common sense. Yeah, it, it makes it a little bit less intimidating because it's just like, just think through it. And I think a big part of what you, you talked about, too, is like experimenting, getting the time in the woods, like, just going through and learning from what you see, learning from what you observe, and just applying that and, and letting that kind of dictate how you think through a situation or how you think through how you might call right now versus, you know, um, later on in the season. And, and just letting, like, that experience kind of do the work for you. I, it sounds like that's a kind of a big part of 
how you've learned and, Absolutely. and now what you think and how you Absolutely. how you hunt. Yeah, the only reason I've learned so many things is because I did everything wrong. Yeah, yeah. But I was, after getting my butt kicked for several years and not really understanding why, you know, or what I'm, you know, starting to think, okay, what am I doing wrong? Mm-hmm. I'm not blaming it on, I can't blame it on anybody but me because I'm the only one out here. What am I doing wrong? Well, come find out I was doing everything wrong. <laughs> yeah. To, to, to kill the deer that I want to kill, I I did everything wrong for several years. And so it, it's great to look back and say, okay, well, I've learned from that. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing because I got my butt kicked quite reg- quite often. Yeah. Whether it was deer, whether it was elk, whether it was turkey, they all kicked my butt for a long time. I know the feeling. And, and yeah, and and you got to, and so you, but you, you got to be smart and say, oh, why are they doing, how are they doing this? Right. What can I do to turn the tables on them? And that's when that experimentation, that knowledge, that scouting while you're rabbit hunting, making that extra loop over in the timber just because it's January and I don't care if I booger the deer and I've been wanting to go in there and I've been afraid to, but I'm not afraid no more now. And it's just constant information and constant common sense approach to your outdoor activities. You yeah. know I mean? It's... Uh, and everybody can do it. I just think part of it is we we get in a trap of um, this is how dad hunted. This is how grandpa and I had the same thing. My grandpa, my dad never, he would he never blew a deer call in his life. Even when I came out with the grunt call, my dad was a skeptic. Really? Yes. Oh, because man. dad never heard a deer make that sound. Yeah. And he knew I wasn't lying, but he still, son, I've been hunting deer Long time. I ain't never heard nothing like that. Uh, hey, I'll be honest. Fred Bear. I'm, I made it a point to visit Fred Bear every year at the SHOT Show back in the 80s and early 80s. And, you know, he was an, I, I mean, he was an idol. I, yeah. There's Fred Bear. Oh, yeah. So to get to meet him, get to know him a little bit, share some stories. And I'll never forget when I told Fred Bear that, hey, Fred, you ever th- grunted his Grunted these deer, I figured he'd say, "Oh yeah." Right, you thought he uh, might know. He, he'd be the one guy yeah. that I've run into that knew about grunting deer. Yeah. And Fred looked at me like I'd shot him with a gun. <laughs> oh my god! He cocked his head sideways <laughs> and just shook his head. No, and I could tell in his eyes that he looked at me like, "What the? Heck are you talking? You're about? crazy, man! <laughs> you kid, you punk kid! What are you talking about?" Yeah. I so even Fred Bear, you know, wasn't really big on. Calling deer at all, period. You yeah. know, I think he predator called quite a bit. I'm not sure about that, but he wasn't a caller to speak of, and uh, uh, and he was very successful. But just think, if that guy would have mastered the art of calling, was it stuff he might have killed? Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! Yeah, you know, it's insane. But uh, it is insane. It is insane, and it's uh, uh, just a lot of fun. Yeah. And and then again, and I tell people this many times. I've told it tonight. It's just I go out to kill stuff. Yeah. I go hunting to kill stuff. And right. People hate, I have people, I can't believe you say that. Well, that's true. I mean, that's just the truth. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. We'll have fun and we'll sit in camp and we'll visit. We'll do the camaraderie and, part Yeah, too. we'll joke mm-hmm. and I'll put stuff in your sleeping bag and you'll do, <laughs> you know. But we get to the woods, it's it's serious time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, this is not a game. This is a challenge. Mm-hmm. That's why I do it. If it wasn't a challenge, I wouldn't be going there as much as I've gone. I'm yeah. Not. You know, it's a ch- why do people go play golf like they do? Mm-hmm. I don't play golf, 
My dad always taught me, he said, son, you don't want to be chasing a little white ball around a cow pasture. <laughs> makes sense to me, dad. No, I, I never played golf. <laughs> yeah. But I talk to these guys that do it, and I know why they do it. Mm. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. It must beat them up pretty regular, and so they keep going. Well, that's what de- hunting does for me. Yeah. It's a challenge, and the only way I meet that challenge is to fill that tag. Yeah. You know? And to fill that tag on an animal you targeted is, is even better, you know. But I was blessed to be born and raised in, a, in an area where I learned from old-timers that learned the basic, learned to be woodsmen first, had to hunt big woods, had to hunt tough critters, very few deer, very few turkeys. They had to be pretty dang good to be mm-hmm. successful at killing anything. Right. And I was blessed to be able to learn from some of those guys yeah. growing up. My dad, my grandfather, uh, different old-timers that I knew, boy, they, you know, they had it. They had to hunt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I get, you know, I look at today, it's like, well, I can go dump five buck, five gallon bucket of corn, put my camera up. I'm in business. <laughs> yeah, I can hunt. Yeah, I am in business. <laughs> yeah. And nothing wrong with it. It's just, it's a whole different game. Yeah. These days. Really but the is. vocalization and the calling hasn't changed. Mm-mm. The only thing good about it is we have more deer to call to. And the more deer you have, the more aggression there is and the better chance you are having success yeah the more used to hearing other calling is yep they're going to be used to that absolutely absolutely well that's just so much good information i I, i'm excited now just even hearing you talk it's hard for me not to think about like how i'm going to apply this in the woods and i just can't wait to get out and go hunting get out and do it and enjoy it and get in the middle of it get aggressive i'm thankful too we're just getting we're getting good ozark information how to hunt our area yeah we're also I mean, just over and over, I keep thinking, like, it's not that crazy. Yeah. It's a lot of just common sense <laughs> yeah. being in the woods. You know <laughs> like, what? That, that actually gives me confidence. You're saying yeah. going into the yeah, woods with does. confidence? Confidence. That's, that's helpful for me yeah. as a, a, a young hunter trying yeah. to figure it out. I don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Throw it out there. Mm-hmm. Be confident and expect success. Mm-hmm. I love it. People don't expect success. I do. Yeah. Every time I blow a call, I'm looking for something to come. That's you know? awesome. Don't always happen, but. I'm waiting yeah, for it. But you're going to try. I'm going to try. That's good. Well, Brad, thank you so much for, for you your bet. time and, and your, your information. I'm super generous to, to have us here and to share this, this knowledge that you've gained over, over your lifetime, and um, we really appreciate it. Oh, I enjoy talking with you guys. It's a blast. brings up a lot of old memories. I, I get confused sometimes. Oh, I know I did that one time. <laughs> yeah. My memory ain't as good as it used to be, but the, the – uh, it's it's a pleasure to share with folks, and uh, I'm always willing to learn myself. I mean, that's part of it. Learn all you can. You can learn something from everybody. Yeah. Well, once yeah. we figure out the next hot thing, we'll let you know. Absolutely, <laughs> I'll be ready for it. Yeah, I'll be ready for it. Expect that at old Kyle Veet over here. Oh, there you go. we'll see. I don't know, man. I don't know. <laughs> we appreciate it, Brad. To our to our listeners, uh, if you guys enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a buddy. Share it on social media, and uh, you can let us know by leaving us a five star written review. And uh, send that to us, and we'll send you a free sticker. And, um, yeah, appreciate appreciate y'all's time. We'll see you on the next one. This podcast is presented by Inland Outdoors, hosted by Kyle Veet, produced by Daniel Matthews, and co-hosted by Kyle Plunkett, Adam Treese, and Josh Launch. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a five-star rating, a review, and sharing it with someone in the Ozarks. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.